Every person needs to take one day away, a day in which one consciously separates the past from the future. Jobs, family, employers, and friends can exist one day without any of us, and if our egos permit us to confess, they could exist eternally in our absence. Each person deserves a day away in which no problems are confronted, no solutions are searched for. Each of us needs to withdraw from the cares which will not withdraw from us. Maya Angelou what's up and welcome back to another podcast coffee talk whatever I don't even know exactly what I was about to call that but welcome back to another episode today I wanted to talk about rest which is actually like I feel like it's weird that we haven't had a more you know in-depth coffee talk about this yet but I feel like it's kind of been popping up a lot lately in my life and definitely this weekend and then today when I was doing my like morning check-in so something I like to do in the mornings is write down like a mantra for the day and uh, I'm realizing how kind of funny this is as I'm saying it because I've never really told anybody this but I'll write down my mantra for the day and then I go on Pinterest and I pin like just a couple things to kind of just make me feel a little bit more inspired and motivated. I don't know. It works. So anyways, long story short, when I was on Pinterest today, I found this cute little graphic that I pinned to my gist board and it was nine different ways to be at rest or nine different types of rest. And it kind of hit me like a tank. I'm not going to lie because it's one of those things that I was dealing with over this weekend and feeling actually guilty for up until last night. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. Like tomorrow I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to just like gun it. I'm going to go all in and just catch up on all this stuff and blah, 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 because I had taken a bit more of like a weekend away from work. And yeah, okay. So you guys are going to get the full story in today's podcast, but basically I'm going to go through all the different nine types of rest that was on this little like infographic thing and just kind of, you know, interlace it with some of my own personal experience and all of the usual stuff that we do while sipping on a nice almond milk latte with two pumps of hazelnut. So allow me to digress. Okay. So this weekend was one of those weekends where things just got a little bit chaotic in terms of my agenda and it left me behind on a few things work-wise. If you guys have been following any of my YouTube channels on my second channel, the Coast channel, it is like a daily series every other month. And I was two videos behind solely because this weekend I just like fell off the rocker. Like I, I didn't really fall off the rocker in the sense of like, I fell off my own rocker. I just fell off the rocker in the sense of like, I checked out of work a little bit and checked into some more like personal life stuff. Like I was just busy. Like it was like, I I was at home barely at all. It was basically came home, fed Bentley, walked Bentley, hung out with Bentley, got ready. And then I had to be somewhere else. And so I knew that it was just kind of like pushing me far behind. So it was one of those things I was like, it's fine. I'll catch up on everything Monday. Here I am catching up on everything, but it didn't really take the guilt away. So that's why I think this like infographic hit me so much because, okay, just to add on to the story, last night was Sunday, obviously. And uh, naturally when I was finished my stuff for the day, like, I I was about to go home and for whatever reason, I decided to just live my best Carrie Bradshaw moment and walk home the long way. And by the long way, I mean like the hour and a half long way. And I was still in my outfit from an event. So I was wearing this like black bodysuit, but like it was super cute. And this like filtered black skirt. I actually posted a photo yesterday, last night onto Instagram. So if you guys want more of a visual, feel free to go check it out. I also don't think I've ever plugged my Instagram into my podcast before, but I'm going to shamelessly do it now. It's just my first name and my last name and then the number 13. So anyway, I was wearing the black filtered skirt. You'll see it 
It's in that photo and little white booties that I'm not going to lie. I have massive blisters on my feet now, but I was like, you know what? If Carrie Bradshaw can walk around New York City, just like, you know, contemplating life in her, she wears way more glamorous shoes, but that's fine because I'm more of a booty gal myself. Then I can walk around in my outfit, my booties and put on my music and just like take the long way home and just kind of think about life a little bit because it's Sunday and that's just like what I love to do on a good Sunday. So anyways, I was walking home, walked the long way home and then ended up just like detouring, found myself by the water and was just thinking about balance and like productivity and just thinking about the weekend, thinking about what I had to do this week and just my social life and like recharging my batteries a little bit. And so that's kind of the scenario that I was in, right? And I want to say that I'm naturally more of an introvert. So it doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily extroverted. I just tend to recharge my batteries or I find that I get the most amount of rest when I'm doing things by myself. And that's just kind of how I've always been since I was younger. But there are times that I find getting around like good friends and good people that I just genuinely enjoy their souls. I find that sometimes being around new people or being around groups of people or being around some of my favorite people, I get new insights and different energy than I would if I were to just be on my own. So I don't think that there's one way that's better than the other in terms of recharging or resting or whatever. But I hadn't really had much of a productive weekend, basically. And in terms of work, I didn't. But maybe more so in the sake of my soul, I would say I did. So anyways, back to my Carrie Bradshaw moment story. I was sitting by the water and I was just kind of like reorganizing my thoughts. I was listening to my new playlist, taking a second. I sat down on the edge, just chilling. And uh, I saw someone walk up to me and I I had my headphones in. So I I pulled them out and I was just like deep into a a place and she just came up to me and I was just like, oh, hi, how are you? And she asked me if I came down to the water often. And I was like, yeah, actually, I, I tend to do this usually every Sunday. If not, I try and bring my dog here quite a bit. And then she explained to me that she was from far, far on the other side of Toronto and like up north. So she's not by the water and how she didn't know that you know, it was so accessible and that she was just basically going on about how she was so shocked that she hadn't come here more. And we got to talking a little bit and she, something she said that really stuck with me is she was like, it's, it's just so nice and beautiful down here. And everybody seems so happy. You you had a big smile on your face. And I was like, wow, you know, I didn't first of all realize I was smiling. And second of all, it's really true. Like once I looked around and saw the people walking around me, I was like, everybody seems very calm, but I had just taken an hour and a half walk through the city where everything was kind of more intense. And that's what I said to her. I was like, it's a little less intense down here, don't you think? And she said, yeah, this is a great place to release your thoughts. And I was like, whoa. And then I was also like, who are you? Like, you are cool. We we should hang out every Sunday. In fact, she said verbatim, if I'm still alive next year, I'm moving down here. And I was like, okay, well, I'll, you will be and I'll see you there. But she really got me thinking. And then so I woke up this morning and I and I saw that infographic about rest and that's exactly where my mind went where she was just basically saying like it's so nice to just take a second to breathe and release your thoughts a little bit and just be at peace and I was like wow that is so true. So basically, that's my little backstory that got me into just feeling very inspired by today's topic. And now I'm going to go through all of the different nine ways and do that. So something that this lady actually touched on, and it's something that is the first actually on the list, is the idea of taking time away. So this is a way to get rest, obviously, without sleeping. But um, time away, this is exactly kind of what this weekend felt like, but it also kind of felt like where I was last night when I was just sitting by the water and this woman was too. And it's 
one of those things where, you know, getting time away from your house, time away from your to-do lists, time away from your calendars and your cameras and just like everything in between, even time away from your phone. It's funny because right before, I mean, apparently I was smiling, but right before she interrupted me, I was going through about how guilty I kind of felt about how I had just done the most this weekend and hadn't really tapped into my to-do lists or hadn't really checked in on the things that I had planned to do. I was just kind of going with the flow all weekend and I was feeling a little guilty about it. But I also at the same time was feeling super recharged coming back home and knowing that like, you know, I was about to head on inside, switch out of my filtered skirt and my Carrie Bradshaw shoes into some sweatpants and probably do a little gist. And I felt more recharged by that idea given the fact that I was kind of like out and about all weekend. I feel like sometimes taking time away, it's a choice, but other times it happens almost accidentally. And time away, it helps in so many different ways because it gives your brain a new atmosphere to adapt to, to learn from, to see new things, to gain new perspectives. I find even time away is one of the most helpful helpful tips whenever I'm writing. Like if I hit a roadblock and I can't get something down onto paper, whatever it is, I find that if I can get up and get away from it, walk away from it. Sometimes I've had to walk away from things for like weeks. Like there were so many times I put catcher down and had to just not touch it for a little while because I I needed time away from it because I was too close to it. I'm a big believer that if we don't give our brains a break, it can so easily overload on the same information that's around us until we start to feel stuck. So the best way to give it a rest sometimes can be just tucking yourself away into a pocket somewhere else, somewhere outside of your house, somewhere outside of you know the norm that you're used to. Just get time away from whatever it is that you feel like is kind of absorbing a big portion of your life. The second thing on the list was permission to not be helpful. Oh God, this one. This one is a hard one. I was raised like very, my whole family, my, my siblings are the same way. We all have a problem with saying no. We're always kind of saying yes, especially if someone's just like asking for some help. It's always just, it's like a manners thing. I don't know. I just kind of assume that if I have two working hands and then the ability to do what someone's asking me to, that I should say yes, because otherwise, isn't it kind of selfish to say no? The thing is, if you're running thin already, or if you're even kind of just feeling like you're behind or you're struggling to even maybe help yourself some days, you have to give yourself the permission to say no. Just because you can doesn't always mean that you should, especially if you're feeling exhausted and overworked. And obviously that doesn't have to be all the time. I feel like the best way to kind of navigate this one is to let your gut lead the way because there's definitely scenarios where someone's been asking for help and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can totally, totally help it. I know inside my gut, I'm like, oh God, this is adding so much on top of a list of things that I've already, and you know, your your brain kind of starts to do that thing where it's like, holy crap. Okay. We've got this. We've got this. We've got this. And don't get me wrong. I admire when people do that only because I feel like it tells a lot about someone's character when they're willing to kind of put down what they need to do to help out other people with what they kind of basically need some help in doing. But this is one that I'm, I'm trying to to learn myself and get better at myself is that it is okay sometimes to give yourself permission to not always be so helpful. It's a form of rest. It's a form of recharge. And if you look at it that way, it might take a little bit more of that guilt away. So really quick, I know we're only on the second one and there are going to be nine, but really quick, I'm going to warm up my coffee and take a little mid-roll break with some of the sponsors that brought you guys today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. All right, guys, welcome back. My coffee is nice and warm now, and I'm going to take a quick sip before I jump into the third type of rest that you can take. So number three, 
something unproductive, basically anything at all that doesn't actually produce anything for you. Yes, what a concept, I know. In today's world, it kind of is a concept. For instance, okay, part of my weekend started on Friday and uh, I spent a great deal of Friday afternoon sitting on my couch. I was uploading like dailies, like Co's dailies and doing a little bit of computer work, but I ended up falling into a bit of a wormhole where I was watching Sex in the City and of course, you know, what else would I have been watching? And then after I finished the season, I was like, wait, I can't be done yet. And I was like, oh yeah, there's a movie. So I put on the Sex in the City movie. And then I was like, wow, I love, first of all, the whole series, but I also haven't watched a movie in so long. And it kind of got me thinking, unless, you know, something feels like I'm gaining something from it, it's really hard for me to kind of just chill out and do something that is considered unproductive. Using leisure time to literally do nothing or something solely for the pure joy of it, it kind of can sometimes, or maybe our brain tells us it's a waste of time. But that kind of intensity, it's just it's way too much for our brains and we need a break. We need to be able to know how to do things without falling into like the overindulgence by any means, but it's okay every now and then to just kind of, you know, binge watch your favorite show and then follow it up with the end of the show movie or to do anything that you consider to be unproductive. Even if it's just sitting by the window and staring out of it, that's honestly probably one of the best ways to give your brain a break. If we think of our minds as tools, then we'll always feel like we need to use them. But if we think of our brains as like an ally, then we'll be able to kind of respect them in the same way that we would respect a really good friend or a really good business partner, you know? It doesn't mean that your brain can't be used as a tool sometimes, but if we only assume that our brain is a tool, then we're going to think that we need to constantly use it to fix something or build something or whatever, rather than to use it or give it a break, you know, rather than to just have it as something that helps you within your life. But it also needs some downtime to recharge itself too. Some of the best ideas that I've ever had have come during my times of leisure. They've come to me during the times where I'm not doing anything that's producing any kind of results aside from just relaxing. So this is one that I think is super important and learning how to basically schedule out time or take moments every now and then to do something that is literally solely for the fact of pure bliss and enjoyment. Which leads me to number four, and that is connection to art and nature. This one is huge. Like, huge, 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 because I feel like whether it is nature or art, and that one basically gives us all both choices. Because if you live in a city, like for instance, I live in Toronto. And so there is nature here if you can find it, but obviously there's a lot more. It's a concrete jungle. Okay. But if you live somewhere where there isn't a lot of nature, if there's not a lot of places that you can find that make you feel relaxed outdoors, then go find some art or find a little corner to sit in and read some poetry. You can bring your art with you or go find art somewhere. But I think that losing ourselves in poetry, paintings, or things like nature, anything that makes you think about the world in less of an intense way of succeed, 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 and more of a way of that's like curious or why, like why succeed and what's it all for? Like people that create art, people that write poetry, people that do like paint, it makes you wonder like why paint? Why do those things? Like, yes, I'm sure some, there is some underlying and there always kind of will be with certain things like you want to sell your painting to make money so you can succeed. Yes. Okay. True. But I'm talking like nature and art in the sense of it makes you wonder why, like, why do we want to succeed? What does succeed even mean to us? And where are we all in such a rush to get to? And that's what I think that connection to art and nature does for us is it kind of 
re-centers us with like, wait a second, we get so lost in the race of life that we forget sometimes to kind of rest and ask ourselves, you know, why? Or get curious about life or get curious about things or even just to reconnect to the feeling of being human. And I think that we get that from being in nature and being around art because those are two things that have been here long before you and I ever were, right? We live in such a fast age and things are changing so rapidly and technology is such a powerful tool and it's taking over, but it isn't where we're going to find that sense of connection to what this all is, at least in my opinion, because I feel like when I'm out in nature, I remember that I am nature. Like you are a human being, which means that you yourself are nature. And when I get around art or I read a poem that really touches me or I see a painting or anything that you can tell someone just got lost in, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's being human. That's connection. Like that is rest in a whole different way. So I feel like that one, the whole connection to art and nature, huge, huge. And I feel like it's one of those ones where if you need rest in the sense of maybe not necessarily physical rest, but more mindful rest or a soul rest, I think that's it. That's it. If we were to label all of these of mind, body, and soul, this one would be the soul rest. I think the best way to rest your soul is to get lost in nature or in art. So number five is solitude to recharge. And this one's probably my favorite and probably the one I would say I'm probably best at. I think that sometimes being with other people can be super, super fulfilling, like I said. But I also think that other times I find it a little draining and not in any kind of way where I mean it personally to anyone that I'm around. But I just, I can sense it in myself sometimes when I'm around people, when I just don't feel that energy to like respond as much as I as I want to internally, you know? Someone will be saying something and I'll, I'll just be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm not really feeding into the conversation or I'm kind of feeling a little like clouded or maybe distracted and not necessarily, like it's just, you know the feeling. You know the feeling when you're around. Sometimes it's like your family. Sometimes, I don't know. You just, you could even just be like at a Starbucks and just everybody for some reason seems to be bothering you. And you're like, it's not even them. I know they're not actually bothering me. I just need to be alone right now. I feel like that's usually a sign that it's time to go recharge in your own presence. Sometimes even just being in the same room as somebody else, but even just popping in my headphones and working on something different than they are is enough solitude for me to feel like I'm recharging. Like it doesn't mean you need to like seclude yourself away from the world, especially if you live with people or like when Larissa and I live together, we were both very independent and like we both love our alone time, but we also loved being in each other's presence because I mean, we were best friends. We are best friends. So one of the things that I noticed when with living with Larissa versus living by myself is that I could still find senses of solitude and recharge in that solitude, even in the presence of the people closest to you, where you can actually just be sitting on the same couch, but have your headphones in and be working on your laptops on totally different things. And like, that is enough solitude for me to feel like, okay, I'm I'm back into my own headspace. And that feeling of just recharging. Other times I feel like if I need to really, really get away, like sometimes when I'm visiting Kingston, I don't really have a place in Kingston. Like my childhood home, it's not there anymore. And so I I tend to crash at my dad's, but there's not like a room or anything. So I'm crashing on a couch and just a lot of the times too, just being in Kingston, it's overstimulating. That's my hometown. You know, there's lots going on there every time I'm visiting. And sometimes it's nice to just go for a walk or get in my car and go for a little drive around the city and just take a second of solitude to recharge even in the midst of not being at home. You know, Uh, I find traveling too, when I'm traveling with other people, having moments during travel of just like, I'm just going to go for a little walk and it's nothing at all against anyone you're with. It's only just a sense of rest. It's a sense of 
resting your brain, recharging so that you can be around people again and actually feed into the social interactions going on in your life. And that is an important one to me because I know that if I don't do that, I get cranky. I just know that to be true. So I know that if I take a second to get alone, then I can come back and and be myself. I can be you know, more compassionate, more caring, more a better listener, a better guest if I'm at someone's house, just all of those things. I find it really helps to just take a second to find some solitude and recharge your brain, you know? So the next one, number six, is a break from responsibility. This is the one that I would say I struggle with the most because even when I physically take a break from responsibility, it tends to kind of follow me everywhere. And you might relate to that in the sense of even just like I said this weekend, all weekend, I kept having to push back on the thoughts of like, oh my God, like you are being reckless. Like you have so much you should be doing. And ah, like, and, and just remind myself like, no, I'm taking a break right now. Like I need this. I can sense that I need it. And I just need to like basically let myself off the hook and give myself the chance to take a break from all of my responsibilities right now, because it can get heavy. And I like the idea of keep it light. That's something that we've talked about before. But the reason why I like it is because it can be really easy, I think, sometimes for our brains to get so caught up in all the things going on in our life that life tends to start to feel a little bit more complicated than it really is. And I think taking a break from your responsibilities and in a way that's mature and in a way that, you know, is, again, it's all about balance and not overindulging and just saying, screw your responsibilities for a long extended period of time. Like if you have people waiting on you or anything of the sort, you know, follow your gut. But I think that taking a break from the responsibilities of life reminds you of how simple it actually all really can be and is and how easily complicated it gets when we have way too many responsibilities and not enough time to kind of take a break from them. And that was definitely like a theme for me, even just last week, because I made myself like also posted a, a caption where I was talking about how the one morning I woke up and I just knew I had so much to do that day. And I also had worked really, really late the night before. And so I didn't really get a very long or well-rested sleep. And I threw up and like, I don't ever throw up. So it was like a, it threw me for a curveball. And I also really, really hate getting sick. Like I'm one of those people that when I can tell I'm going to throw up, it makes me really anxious because I have this like weird fear of, I don't know why I just don't enjoy. I don't think anyone enjoys throwing up, but yeah, I don't know. I was just like, wow. Okay. Body, I hear you. It is time to slow it down a little bit. And you know what? Come to think of it now that I'm speaking of it to you guys here and now, I'm wondering if that's kind of why my brain or my body or who knows it forced myself to just take a weekend because that was a couple days before this weekend. So yeah, this is all starting to click guys. This is all starting to make a lot of, a lot of sense. But I just feel like the older that we get, the more responsible we get. And that makes sense, right? Hopefully. You want to take on more responsibility for your life the older that you get. And that's important. And that comes with maturity and it comes with age. And I definitely think it's one of those things that the more responsibility you take for your life, the more influence you have over your life. But I also think that your life is an outcome of how you use that responsibility. And now I'm starting to think it's how you also know when to put that responsibility down for a second and have a little fun. It's not reckless. It's a different type of responsibility. It's taking responsibility to make sure that your mind, your body, and your soul all get the proper rest that they need just as much as it is to make sure that you're productive or you're working on your goals or you're checking off your to-do list, you know? So in a way, taking a break from responsibility and all the responsibilities that are in our life 
is a responsibility because it's giving yourself a chance to just breathe, have a little fun and lighten up a little bit. Speaking of which, uh, since we're talking about breaks, I'm also going to take another quick little mid-roll break and then finish off with the last three types of rest that we can all probably use, especially heading into the intensity of the holiday seasons. So the seventh way or type of rest is stillness to decompress. Did not mean for that to rhyme. This one has been one of the biggest ones in my life lately and one that is kind of blowing my mind if I'm being honest with you. I recently switched around my routines a little bit, nothing crazy. I just kind of like, you know, if you were to think about all the things that you do in a given day, I kind of look at it like a formula. So I just swapped around where the ingredients go. And one of the ingredients that I moved was my meditation. I switched it to being the first thing that I do in the morning, like right out of bed. I actually sit up, climb out of bed. Usually Bentley moves right to where I was sleeping because that spot's usually quite warm. (laughs) And then I walk out into my hallway, unroll my yoga mat, sit down and just go right into a meditation. Otherwise I know I'll get distracted or procrastinate. So this is why this one's been so big is because I find that I'll notice right away whether or not I'm struggling to be still. And it's like if I'm struggling to be still within literally 30 seconds of climbing out of my bed, then something's off or like I'm anxious or something's going on. You know what I mean? Like it just tells you so much with your ability to be able to sit still for long enough that you can just dip back inside your head, especially if it's first thing in the morning. One of the things that I think is so cool about finding stillness is every time I do, that's usually also where I find a lot of the answers to life's questions that have been kind of sitting on my mind. If I find that I can't be still, That usually means I need to be still more than ever or that I'm avoiding something that I don't really want to face or that I'm feeling like, you know, a fire under my butt or I'm burning a fire under my butt, usually of not very positive thoughts before I'm even giving myself a second to center myself before my day begins. And so the stillness to decompress, it's probably... I would like to say one of the hardest on the lists only because I think that the stillness part can be really hard in such a fast pace, you know, world that we live in. But I also think that when we get still, you learn so much about where you're at in your life in the present moment when you try and truly just not move, like sink to your breath, notice where your thoughts are, recenter again, because that's really all meditation is or stillness really is. It's just like, okay, don't move. So I'm going to count my breaths in, out, in, out. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what did I have to do today? Oh yeah, I'm getting groceries. But wait, what time am I getting groceries? Oh yeah, I'm getting groceries at this time. So then I can make sure that I'm here for that. And then I need to make sure that I'm calling in for this meeting at this time. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, (laughs) I'm supposed to be meditating and you bring it back down or like your knee is bobbing or your my, I tend to rub my palms like up and down my legs when I'm struggling to meditate and I won't even notice I'm doing it. And then I'm like, I'm not sitting still right now. So the stillness to decompress, this one is super, super important, especially if you find that you're in a peak season of your life. If you feel like there's a lot going on, like dipping back into the responsibilities, if you've got a lot of responsibilities on your plate before your day even begins, all of that, I think that finding a second, and it doesn't need to be long either. Truly, it can be like five minutes, three minutes, even if that's all you've got to just set a timer and just be still. It doesn't really matter where your brain goes. If you notice it kind of trailing off, just try and bring it back to your breath and just count your breaths. It doesn't need to be this life-shattering moment of like, you know, epiphany. It just needs to be a few minutes of being still for yourself before you jump into the treadmill of your day. And then number eight on the list is a safe space. 
So for me, my safe space recently has been now that I have this second bedroom as an office, there's a little nook in this office. And this nook has kind of become a little bit of like my safe space. It's where I've been journaling. It's where I've been reading. It's where I've just been listening to music and staring out the window with Bentley like we're in a music video. Let's not lie. We all do it. And I think that it's one of those spaces that has become one of my favorites in my entire apartment solely because it really has kind of become my safe space. I've never done work in it. Like I've never hung out with anyone in that safe little nook aside from Bentley. And it's just like one of my favorite places now because I always find it super easy to just kind of relax there. But this safe space, I I can think of so many safe spaces I've had my entire life growing up, my nan and papa's house, little corners of different places that I've lived. And so when you really think about it, your safe space can be anywhere. It can even be in your journal, but anywhere that you feel safe to just kind of like unload, you know? I think that first of all, if you don't feel like you have a safe space or you can't think of anything off the top of your head right now, that take this as inspo, you know, find a little corner inside your house or even in your room and just nominate it as your official safe space. Put a couple pillows, maybe a candle or two, put your books there, put anything that inspires you in that little safe space and make a promise to yourself that that's what that's going to be. It's never going to be a place of stress or anything at all. You're only allowed to go into this safe space with safety. Like you're only allowed to go there feeling all the feels that you just get to, like I said, like unload. That's the best terminology I can think for it because it's just not a place you go to, to try and be productive or to try and, I don't even know. It's just your safe space. There's no other words for it. And if it's not a corner in your house, think of some other places. It could even be outside. It could be a certain tree in a park. It could be your grandparents' house. It could even be driving in your car. Maybe your safe space is portable, which is, to be honest, kind of cool. I just feel like having a safe space to go where you go there when you feel overwhelmed or when you feel confused or when you feel maybe a little heavier or when you're just feeling a little tired or any of those feelings, anything at all, you can go to that safe space and it's just this healing place where you get to recenter. It's a healing place where you get to let go of all the things kind of sitting on top of your shoulders and instantly come home to yourself. That's the best way to put it. Those are the words I was just looking for. It's the place where you come home to yourself. And that is why I think it can be different places or a place in your house or even a person. Like I said, if it's your grandparents' house, maybe going and talking to your grandparents' feels like coming home to you. Maybe that's your safe space to kind of unload or talk, but your safe space is going to be completely unique to you. And I think that if you can think of one in your head right now, and if you haven't thought of it before, but it's popping into your head now, or if you don't have anywhere in your head now, then take it kind of as like initiative to create a safe space. Now that you have it, know it and use it. Because maybe you've never thought of it as your safe space before, but now it can be. And so anytime you do feel like all of the other things on this list isn't working in terms of finding a little sense of peace and rest, then you can just go to your safe space because now you know where it exists or that it's going to exist. And then last but not least, number nine on the list of ways to rest is alone time at home. And I get it. Like this one is hard because I think that it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, alone time at home because I live alone now. But I know that that's not always the case. But that's kind of like what I was saying earlier with the solitude is even just headphones, I feel like kind of is like having alone time at home. Even when I was living at home way back when, a couple years back, I used to walk around my house with headphones on 
And that was just something I did just because it was just like, okay, I'm not blocking anyone out. I'm just kind of thinking. And it's easiest for me to think when I have music. But if you do, and if you can, try and find a chance to get your house to yourself. There's no better feeling. I can also vividly remember being like 18 and knowing that like my parents were going away for the weekend or something. And that feeling of just being like the house to yourself is the best because you just get to mad relax in your own presence. This one is huge because I feel like it is definitely a really easy way to rest without needing to maybe go to sleep. But hey, even if alone time at your house means you take a nap, then take a nap. You're your own boss in this situation. I just think that having some alone time in your own safety net, like your own place, your own atmosphere is such an incredible way to recharge because then you can go back out into the world feeling refreshed and feeling like yourself again. Every time I know that I have a day coming up, like it's usually Sundays, sometimes it's Saturdays. It really fluctuates, but it doesn't really matter. If I just know that there's a day on the board of the week that I'm going to be just bopping around my house with Bentley, doing laundry, kind of putting around, cleaning up a little bit. I have this side of me that is just so... I feel like organizing things like my fridge and cupboards and closets... It sounds like it's something that is productive and trust me, it kind of like, honestly, it's a win-win situation because it is. But a lot of the times I do things like that when I feel like I need to kind of just relax a little bit, as weird as that sounds. So the alone time at home, when I'm alone at home, I usually blast music and clean. I don't know why. Maybe it's because my mom was a big cleaner growing up, or maybe it's because I find cleaning therapeutic. Maybe it's because the time we all called it Monica Geller mode, but there's something about cleaning with music and just being at home and like not really having very many people around. Or if you do kind of just going into your own room and cleaning, there's something about it that is just like, it's just so refreshing and it's so recharging. And whether or not you like to clean or not, you know, you don't have to do that part, but just having alone time in your own space, music, TV, like I said, napping, whatever you want to do. But it's one of those ways to kind of rest your mind, your body, and your soul all at the same time, at least in my opinion anyway. So this one's, again, probably one of my favorites on the list. But it's hard to choose because that's nine completely different ways to find rest in a world that's kind of restless, you know? Our world, it seems like it anyways sometimes that it's all about – how much you're producing, how much you're succeeding, how much better you're getting. And I love that. And I love the whole momentum of self-growth and all of that. And I think that we talk about that a lot here on the podcast. And we talk about that a lot on my channels. And we don't necessarily talk as much about rest because I think that it's been kind of one of those areas that maybe I've needed to become a bit better at and explore myself and feel a little less guilty about. But it's wild to me that any of us would even feel guilty about resting because You can't be on without sometimes turning off, just like how you can't be super elated and happy without sometimes feeling a little sad. And you can't wake up if you weren't asleep, you know? And so I think that it's all about the yin and yang. It's all about the balance. And maybe it's time, or at least it's seeming that way because all the signs from the universe have been bringing it this way. But maybe it's time that we all take a little bit of a rest. And it's kind of the perfect time for it solely because we're moving into fall time. We're moving into the autumn harvest. We're moving into, depending on where you are in the world, but if you're in the Northern hemisphere, that means the sun has basically shifted down past the equator to the Southern hemisphere, which means that our world 
technically on the northern side is going into a time of rest. We're going into fall and winter and we're getting into those times of kind of like hibernation and resting and recharging and kind of like, you know, eating the fruit of all the work you've been doing. And that to me is very symbolic in the sense of it doesn't mean that you have to spend from now until next spring resting. But I think that maybe, at least for me, definitely going to try and start incorporating at least one of these nine ways every week, if not even five minutes every day, solely so that rest can then make it so that I can get up, get out, and be more energized. So there you guys have it. That is my Coffee Talk podcast of the day. I hope you guys enjoyed. I felt super inspired by this little Pinterest infographic, so I thought that we could talk about it a bit. And I want to hear what you guys think about it. And if you've been you know, resting in any of these types of ways or if you have more ways to add to the list, I'm always – always loving the feedback from you guys. So whether it's on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, a lot of you guys have been tweeting me about the podcast and I love that. Um, but I also know that depending on where you're listening to this, that there's sometimes comment sections, maybe not, I don't know. Either way, just reach out, feel free to tell me what you think. And aside from that, I hope you guys have an amazing week and that you get a lot done, but you also do a lot of resting, a lot of soul rest, mind rest, body rest, all the good stuff. And uh, maybe switch to decaf even. God, did I even just say that? Are we even allowed to say that on this podcast? Uh, Anyway, I should probably go. I should probably switch to decaf too. But there we have it. Aside from that, I will talk to all of you guys next Monday. Bye, guys.